0: Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to notice the first word of verse 25. I say we're going to spend time on just one word. Can you believe that? <clears throat> first word. And the first word is therefore. Now, that's an interesting thing to have right here because you would think this would be like a self sufficient paragraph about worry. But you'll notice this is a continuation of the prior paragraph. And in the prior paragraph, you might remember where Jesus is uh, giving directions and giving some challenging words about where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be. Essentially, the things that you focus on and give your time to and your effort to is where your desires and your heart is going to follow along. And so now with that whole paragraph in mind, He now turns around and says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. What an interesting way to start this description then, as he's talked about the contrast of earthly treasures to heavenly treasures. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. I want you to lay up for yourselves treasures treasures in heaven and then to say, so therefore, because you are going to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven and not treasures on earth, your focus and your heart is going to be on heaven and not on earth. Therefore, don't worry about here. Therefore, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear And the thing that he's, I think, driving at in connecting these two paragraphs together is reminding us then is that it is not even about our lives that we are treasuring. Earthly treasure are the things of this world, and that would include ourselves and our provisions and our eating and drinking and clothing and life and body. And all the things that he says there in verse 25, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. And and he even speaks about life itself and the body. And he's reminding us here and saying, when I'm telling you about storing up heavenly treasures, that includes about how you look at your own life. And I think that's important because one of the things that worry does is it shows us what we are focused on. Worry reveals the thing that you're looking at. In the prior paragraph, he said, I want you to look at heavenly things. You can't serve two masters and that the eye is the lamp of the body. And so what you're focused on is going to be everything for your walk with God. And now he's saying, so that's going to mean that we're not going to worry. And the reason that is behind that is because it reveals ultimately what we are looking at. If I am worrying about what I eat, what I drink and what I wear then it's all about treasures on earth, isn't it? If I'm worried about those kinds of things, the earthly things, then that's revealing to my heart what I'm focused on. It's revealing to myself where I'm storing up treasures. And if you think about that idea for a minute, it is ultimately what God was always trying to To teach his people a great model of that is in the uh, Exodus and you have Israel in the wilderness and you remember what God was trying to get them to understand I'm going to take care of you you don't need to worry about these other things and they complained and they were anxious and worried because they didn't believe that God was going to take care of them. They were focused on the earthly things. And that's what he's trying to get us to see is that if we can take a moment and analyze worry, it is truly showing something about who we are and our focus being ultimately on the wrong things. When you focus on earthly things, there is only one outcome, worry. You're gonna worry and you're thinking about stuff and things and life and food and what's going to happen in tomorrow and next week and next year and my job. When you're focused on the earthly treasure, there is a single outcome. Worry. And that's why that therefore is there. And why that therefore is so important is that worry is not a standalone concern. It reveals our hearts. In fact, I want you to notice in this reading Three times he told us that you should not worry. He tells us that in verse 25, I see that I wrote a 15 instead of a 25. Verse 25, then you also have it again in verse 31, and then you have it again in verse 34. Three times. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. In that very short section, don't worry, don't worry, and don't worry trying to bring that out to us. And one of the things that I want you to notice is Jesus does not say, okay, so don't worry about your retirement because, you know, it's really a long way away. Uh, Don't worry about, you know, career because, you know, those kinds of things all sort themselves out in the end anyway. Don't worry about your investment. Don't worry about your house. Don't worry about what other people think about you. I want you to notice what he zeroes in on. He zeroes in on the things that you and I would think would be the most reasonable points of worry. What to eat, (laughs) what to drink, and what to wear. I mean, it's one thing to tell me don't worry about things out in the future and all. Notice what he's doing here by saying, I don't even want you to worry about eating tomorrow. Now to us, We read that and go, oh, you know, I don't don't worry about eating tomorrow. My pantry is so stocked high and my fridge and stuff's going old. You understand the world they lived in. Where you didn't know exactly how that was going to pan out tomorrow. And it wasn't that you just stored everything up in your pantries and big houses and refrigerators and storage units. And we just have all this stuff. We just take care of ourselves. That's not the world they lived in. And even in a world where you are living much more day to day and week to week versus us who are probably more year to year with all that we have, he even in that circumstance says, I don't want you to worry about it. I don't want you to worry about what you will even eat. Where I would read that and go, Lord, isn't that the most important thing I should probably worry about? And what he he draws out in verse 25 that is an important reminder that sets the direction of this whole paragraph. He says, don't you know that life is more than food and clothing? Now, he's going to explain that a little bit better. But he's already told us a little bit about that in the whole temptation sequence when he told us that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God That the reason we are sustained is by God. But let's hold that because he's going to explain that very verse. And what I think is great about what this paragraph does is you will notice that Jesus does not say, "Okay, stop it. Don't worry. All right. Chapter seven. He's going to explain how here are these strategies because he knows this is going to be a challenge for us. He knows this is going to be hard. This isn't something you roll out of bed and go, oh yeah, worry, that's easy to conquer. No big deal, got that one. I think all of us would be able to raise our hands and say, this is a hard area. So Jesus comes in and says, let me give you at least five reasons, five ways for you to overcome worry. Notice verse 26. Verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? First point you are valuable to God. First important way to overcome worry you are important to God. And notice the way that he illustrates it with two important truths. He says there in verse 26, he says, I just want you to kind of look at the creation. Look at animals. Look at how they're doing. They're doing just fine. And God says in verse 26, your heavenly father feeds them. And what we want to do is we go, okay, now here's the whole circle of life. And this is why. And God kind of goes, yeah, I know. I put that there. I'm the one taking care of all that. I'm the reason for all of this. I'm the reason that they're doing just fine. Every single day they're doing just fine. I'm caring for them. I'm feeding them. And then he asks an important question. He says, now, aren't you more valuable than them? Now, that's probably not as obvious anymore. So I'll go ahead and make it a point. Yes, we are more valuable than the creation. That's the whole strain of the argument. Is that what God is trying to show us is I'm taking care of the animals and you are made in the image of God. You're somebody that God cares about and values and loves to such a degree that he sent his son to die for you. Of course, I'm going to take care of you if I take care of my creation. Every day we wake up and we look around and if we see animals and squirrels and all the things that are probably in your yard, lizards that you don't want to see, God is taking care of them. And it's supposed to tell you something you're valuable to God and he'll take care of you. That's his first picture. You don't have to worry because you are valuable to God. You do not have to worry because God takes care of his creation and you are more valuable than even the animals that he cares for. First reason, first way not to worry. Number two, Verse 27, and which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his span? I I love this one. Worry is ineffective. Why worry? Worry does not solve problems, worry does not provide solutions, worry does not rescue us from our problems worry accomplishes nothing it's ineffective it does not add time to your life it wastes time of your life and perform this exercise with me how many times in your life have you look can look back and say worry was the reason i was able to get through that problem all of that worry that i had going on in that moment that was the solution And it sure is a good thing I worried like I did because that took care of it. It, And that's what Jesus is showing here. His worry is completely ineffective. As much as we worry about things, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't provide the answer. It doesn't give the help. It doesn't solve the problem. It just stresses us out. It just spins us out. And Jesus was saying, you don't need to do that. Why tear ourselves up with worry? Because it is ineffective. And we can tell ourselves when we have those waves of worry coming over us, this isn't going to do any good to worry about. I, I am not, it's not going to solve it. Feeling this way isn't a solution. And, and, and me just having a complete meltdown and freaking out is not going to provide me the help that I need. So don't do it. Second reason why, don't worry. Number one, you're valuable to God. Number two, not doing you any good. Number three, verse 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed. Like one of these. So if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Big picture. Number three. How to overcome worry? God provides what we need. God provides what we need. The flowers have what they need. The grass has what it needs. And notice what Jesus says at the end of verse 30 because it points to a very important problem. At the end of verse 30, he says, O you of little faith, hmm. O you of little faith. I want us to observe that worry points to a problem. Worry points to a lack of faith. And here's how it does it. You say, why is worrying a lack of faith? Because what worry does is it says the reason that I am alive and doing what I'm doing and how I'm doing is by my own power. That I have control over that. I have charge over that. And that's why I worry. I become the control freak and I'm going to take care of it, right? And notice what he's saying is actually that's not true. You think you are maintained by your own power, but that's not the case. And here's how you can dissuade yourself of this idea every single time. What did you do last night while you were asleep to make sure you stayed alive? Go. You told yourself, okay, Brandon, you better make sure everything's breathing. You know, you wrote yourself a list. Be sure to breathe every few seconds. Be sure to roll over sometimes so you don't get blood clots. Be sure that you wake up. Did you even have control over that? Can you Just think about how amazing it is you woke up. How did that even happen? You didn't have control over that. You were just gone, sawing logs, unconscious. God is providing. He keeps you alive. And we spend so much time thinking, I keep myself alive. If you try to keep yourself alive, you throw it off. Try thinking about breathing right now. You're going to mess yourself up. You can't do it. As soon as you try to take control on those things, it all blows apart. So God is trying to tell us something. How can we possibly think that it's by our own power that we are keeping ourselves alive and have all this control and have all of this power? The problem is worry doesn't believe that God is providing. That's the essence of it. Worry says God will not provide for me. And so I need to take care of it myself. And that's why Jesus says, oh, you of little faith right there. Why he would put that in right here is important to consider. Because ultimately what worry is saying is, God, you're not going to take care of me. You're not going to do it. I don't trust you. I don't believe you. I've got to take care of it myself. And so I'm going to worry about it. And so that's his third point that he gets to us. Worry shows us that we do not believe that God is going to care for us. Number four, notice verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Reason to break worry number four. God knows what you need. God absolutely knows What you need. And I love this as a moment where he says, Your heavenly father, your father knows what you need. And I think that's an important picture that's being given to us is that worry doesn't need to happen as if we think God doesn't know our condition. He doesn't know what's going on down here. He doesn't know what I'm experiencing. He doesn't know what's happening. And so I'm going to be worried because God doesn't know. Here's Jesus going, no, no, God knows. God knows what's happening. God knows your needs. He knows what is going on. See, this is May 1st. So it was probably close to about exactly two years ago where I stood up here and said, God knows we need toilet paper. If you weren't here, I did say that. I was here and I said, God knows we need toilet paper. I don't know what pandemics and toilet paper have to do with anything. But they do. And we all do not have it. And I said, God knows. Did he take care of that? He took care of that. That's a simple thing. And yet God knows what we need. God knows what's going on. He knows our circumstance. We don't need to freak out. We don't need to worry. We don't need to be overcome. We are able to trust God about this and say, God, you will take care of me. I hope you can think in your life about how many times that God has known your needs and has cared for you. In fact, I'd I'd even put it this way. How many times has God known your needs and provided for you when you didn't know what you would do? You didn't know how this was going to work out. You didn't even know what to do. What to do next. I think about that. I have so many stories of that. It'd take hours to to lay them all out. But I do think of uh, getting held up at a grocery store, working there at at a grocery store. And that was fun. Uh, getting held up and dumping out all the cash and pulling the alarm and talking to the cops. And I said, you know, I just don't think I can do this job anymore <laughs> after, after having an experience like that. But I need a job. What am I going to do? And it's amazing how God will take care of you and put people in your life who will make it such a way that you even end up with a job again and have a different job and it all worked out just fine. Even though in the moment I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take place. I don't know what tomorrow holds. How many times has God known your needs when you didn't know what you were going to do and he provided? If I had space on the screen, let me add the other one. How many times have you not known what you needed? And God gave you what you needed. How many times have you been in the mire of, I don't know what to do, (laughs) what I need. And God provided exactly what you needed. God knows your needs. In fact, notice how he puts this in verse 32 when he says, it's the Gentiles, it's the world They seek after their provisions. Now, please underscore what he's saying there in verse 32. If he says, it's the Gentiles that seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Here's his point. You don't have to do that. They spend their time and their life seeking what they will eat, what they will drink, what they will wear, how they'll be clothed how all that. They they spend their time in that. And his whole point, verse 32, is that's not you. You don't have to do that. You have been freed from that worry because you know God's going to take care of you. They're seeking under the premise, I have to take care of myself. Not you. You don't have that. You don't have that worry. You know God's going to take care of you. This was really the whole point of what Israel's exercise in the wilderness was all about. The whole point was that they could simply focus on God because God was taking care of every single physical need they would have. They're in the middle of a desert And sure, you plundered the gold of Egypt, but that doesn't buy anything in the wilderness. And every day they woke up and God gave them food and water and cared for them. Every day. The whole point and the whole picture of what God was offering is you don't have to worry about the physical I'll take care of the physical so that you can just focus on me. How'd they do? Not too good. Now here's the interesting thing. As we read that and go, boy, wouldn't it be amazing to have that circumstance where you didn't have to worry about physical things and you just knew that God was going to take care of you and you wouldn't have to worry about your food or your clothing or, or your drink. and God, And you could just worry about God and just take care of the things of God, spiritual things, not to worry about the physical. I want you to see God's making you and I that offer. Everything that is holding you back from trusting God is being removed. You say, well, I've got to worry about God's going, no, you don't. Well, I have, no, you don't. Everything that would possibly cross your mind about what you're concerned about in this world, about what's keeping you from serving God and following him the way that he wants you to, as of verse 24, not double hearted, but serving him and him alone is being removed. Every worry, every concern. You just trust me. I will take care of you. I know what you need. You know, when you read about them in the wilderness, they think God doesn't know what they need. They start crying out, hey, Lord, we need water. You know, I didn't remember that I did that when I created humans, that they would need water. I just slipped my mind in the owner's manual. You're right. I better put some water out there. God knows. He knows exactly what you need. He knows what you are made of. He knows your concern. He knows what is going on. But I hope you'll see that the picture that's given there in verse 33, what he's getting at, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Don't rip that away and pull it out as a standalone sentence. Don't worry about this world and this life and by not worrying about here, it frees you to seek God. Your time doesn't have to be in the worry of those things. You can just spend your time focused on God. God's got all of this. You just focus on him. He'll take care of you. So don't seek your life and don't seek your needs. Seek the one who gives you life and gives you your needs. We just too easily invert that. I'm going to seek my life and my needs and my stuff. I'm just going to seek it, seek it, seek it. I'm going to spend all my time on that. And if there's any time left over for God, I'll give it to God. It's not what God wants. God says, seek me and I've got the rest. Don't worry about it. And we sit back like Israel and go, yeah, but what about tomorrow? Tomorrow. Well he answers that too. Verse thirty four. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Fifth way to overcome worry. Live today, let God take care of tomorrow. That's what Jesus just said there in verse thirty four. Worry is so often grounded in the uncertainty of our future. So much of what we worry about is because of something tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. What could be. And I love what Jesus tells us is that tomorrow's going to worry about itself. You have God's grace to get you through today. Don't be pulling in tomorrow. You don't need to pull in tomorrow. God's got the grace you need to get through today. And I want you just to stop and think about this one for a minute. This, if you're older like me, you might need to get your phone out and do it on calculator because it could add up. How many days has God cared for you so far? I calculated mine. It's more than 17,155 days. That was 47 times 365. And I'm past 40. Of my birthday now. <laughs> so more than 17,155 days. So God's cared for me for more than 17,155 days, but he's not going to care for me tomorrow. But tomorrow is completely different. (laughs) Silly. How silly. Of course God is going to care for us. And we must remind ourselves how often God has cared for us. And Jesus says something that I think is so valuable. Look at the end of verse 34. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Now the reason why I love Jesus saying that is because Jesus does not say, you don't have troubles, don't worry. You know, he's not singing a song to you. Don't worry, be happy. There's nothing, it's la, la, fine. you you got no troubles. That's not true. You do have troubles. He admits that. Yes, you do. It's hard. You have troubles. You do have difficulties. You do have trials. Jesus is not saying your life is easy. He just said it right here. You have enough trouble today to even not worry about tomorrow's troubles. Today's got plenty. So it's not a you know pie in the sky, let's all be happy and, and just pretend that we don't have troubles. We do have troubles. The point is that God is going to take care of them, Just as much as you are still going today, even with all of your troubles, he's got tomorrows too. He's given you the grace you need to get through today's troubles, and he will give you the grace that you need for tomorrow. So don't think about it and don't worry about it. God's got that. But let's bring in a little bit of practicality of why that would even be. Tomorrow, he says, has its own problems. Have you thought about not only the ineffectiveness of worry, which we brought out in point two, but I hope that you will consider that the problems of tomorrow cannot be accurately anticipated. How many times have you thought tomorrow would be something that you that turned out it wasn't that? How many times did you think tomorrow is going to be this awful, awful, and it wasn't? And next week and next month and I don't know. And And how many times has that not been the case? We cannot accurately predict what tomorrow is going to be. That was one of our lessons from two years ago that we must not forget going forward. All of your plans of tomorrow can be vaporized in a heartbeat. We were put confrontational to our face with that exactly two years ago. Don't forget that. All of your plans of tomorrow and next week and next month and next year are nothing. So why are you worrying about it? It can change immediately. It can change instantaneously. And we so often inaccurately predict what those are going to be. So why are we worried about that? Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. I love that in verse 34. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. You have God's grace for today. All right, let's wrap this up this morning and bring all these points together. Five points and then an important conclusion. Five reminders here. Number one, don't worry because you're valuable to God. Don't let that ever sink out of your mind. You are valuable to God and he cares for his creation. He cares for you. Number two, worry isn't doing you any good. It's accomplishing nothing. Worry is ineffective doesn't do what you would hope it would do it just makes things worse inside of you number three god always provides and god knows your needs number four so count off the days of your life and consider how long god has provided for you how long god has known your needs and how long god has cared for you and don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow in fact live today number five And let God take care of tomorrow. Notice that Jesus is trying to give us these strategies, these important truths to help us to overcome worry. Don't let worry keep you from seeking God first. Do not let the cares of this world and the concerns of the future and the difficulties of the day To destroy what God has given you today. We can miss so much of God's joy and God's blessing today. Because we're so worried about tomorrow. Can miss so much of what God is doing for us right now. Because we keep looking out here. And all God is trying to tell us is, I've got that too. Did I take care of you yesterday? Then I've got your tomorrow. Enjoy today. And enjoy what God has given you. And do not worry, because God has got you in his hands. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, how can we begin except to ask for forgiveness for as much as we worry. That Lord, we quickly and readily worry about our lives, worry about others, worry about possessions and jobs and future. and We can bring all these things on our shoulders as if it's up to us. So for God, God, I pray that you'd forgive us for our lack of faith. Forgive us for as often as we do not show that we believe that you will care for us. Lord, I pray that these words from your son would strengthen our hearts. And help us to put worry away from us. Lord, when the times of of worry begin to overwhelm our hearts, Lord, please let these words that you have spoken to us immediately come to our mind so that we will put the worry aside and that we will trust you. Trust you with our lives. Trust you with our needs. Trust you with the provisions. Trust you with tomorrow. Give us the strength, Lord, to do it we pray that you would change our hearts in such a way so that, that would happen regularly Lord. we pray that you would free our hearts of worry and sometimes we can cling to it so tightly and so lord we pray that you would pry that away from us so that we would be completely seeking you and trusting you lord as we go through this coming week we pray that we would shine as a light in such a way that is free of worry but simply focused on you knowing that you will take care of the rest in jesus name Amen. Amen. Can you imagine if you're a parent, can you imagine if your child came up to you and said, I'm really worried that you're not going to take care of me tomorrow. I mean, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to do? Can you imagine like the sit down you'd have to have with your kid? Like, are you kidding me? Uh, I've been taking care of you. I'm going to take care of you again. Don't you trust me? I've got to feel like that's what God's doing with us. Saying, look at what I've done. And I'm your heavenly father. And I want to care for you. Will you give him your life today? Give worry to God. Let him take care of your life. And you seek him with all of your heart. Follow him faithfully. Believing in his son Jesus as the one who came to die for your sins, confessing them to be your master, your Lord and Savior, and be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. If we can help you this morning do that, let someone know afterward or you can come forward now while we stand and while we sing.